Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Leo, and Emily. Hello! And each episode we will tell you a story from around the world and share some fun and silly things with you. Well, it's officially spring and I'm really confused as to what time it is. I know, yeah, me too. The, the clocks have... Hang on, is it it's spring forward, fall back? Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's so, it. Yeah, so the clocks have gone back anyway. We're very confused as to what time it is. And also, our producer... My dad. ...has been away in different time zones. Speaking uh, French. He's been speaking French. Je voudrais un pain au chocolat. What did he say? No idea. But I'm very glad he is back. We missed you. Yeah, we definitely missed you, Dad. So, this episode we have our final competition winner. That's right. Her name is Evie. She is 12 years old and she's from New Romney in Kent in the UK. Now, she's telling quite a different story of Queen Elizabeth I at Western Hanger Castle. Would you like to hear it, Leo? Yeah, definitely. So here is Evie with her story, Queen of the Castle. One morning, inside Western Hanger Castle, Queen Elizabeth I yawned and stretched as a familiar glow brightened the room. She stood at the window and watched an old oak cast shadows onto the grass. The birds sang as she opened her window to breathe in the fresh air. Then, her lady's maid entered. She was shoved into shoes and crammed into a corset against her will. Queen Elizabeth was led downstairs by yet another maid, but, as she stood before the dining room, she had a sudden sense of freedom. She rushed down the corridor and, without a second thought, kicked off her shoes. She shoved open the door and started to explore. She ran through the gardens, as she had done when she was a child. When she stopped running, her surroundings were completely unrecognisable. Queen Elizabeth collapsed to the ground and sobbed for help from her dear ancestors. As she stumbled to her feet, they assisted her, fighting the wild panic coursing through her veins. She listened. As she found the castle again, she made a promise to never forget the kindness shown to her. So, she wrote the day's events in her diary and at sunset buried the pages with the others under the old oak. As the sky was filled with unimaginable beauty, she smiled and walked back inside. Her diary lays there to this day, waiting, just waiting to be discovered. And who knows, maybe you'll be the one to find it. So, Leo, did you like Evie's story? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. What was your favourite bit? Well, I like how Queen Elizabeth threw off all her responsibilities for the day. I know, it was brilliant, and went out into the grounds and felt free. Yeah, I also like how she buried the diary and it might still be in West Hanger Castle today. Yes, I like the fact that Evie invited the listener to go and see if it's still there and find it. Excellent stuff. Well done, Evie. So on Dragonfly Tales, we're always looking for new guest tellers. So if you think you can tell a tale, you can get in contact with us by email or in the Facebook group and we'll give you some top tips. We'd really like some new guest tellers, wouldn't we, Leo? Definitely. So you know what to do. 
So, I think it's time for some shout-outs. Oh, we've got loads this week, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Firstly, we have a shout-out to Macy, who is seven, and Layla, who is nine, and they're in Bournemouth. They say our podcast is their favourite by far. Oh, brilliant. Hi, Macy. Hi, Macy. Hi, Hi Layla. Thanks for listening. Next, we have a shout-out to Rowan, who is six, and Oliver, who is four, from Massachusetts, USA. They listen to us on the school run. Oh, hello, Rowan. Hello, Rowan. Hi, Oliver. Hi, Oliver. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. We also have a shout-out to Charles, who is five, in West Yarmouth, USA. He listens to us in the car and also at bath time. Oh, relaxing. Hi, Hi Charles. Thanks for listening. Here's a shout-out to Cosmos and Freya in Washington State, USA. Hi, Cosmos. Hi, Cosmos. Hi, Hi Freya. Freya. Thanks for listening. And finally, here's a shout-out to Reddick, Chauncey, Indra and Eamon from Brindlewood Tiny Farm in Utah, USA. They've been spreading the word about Dragonfly Tales to all of their friends. Oh, we love that. Yes, please keep spreading the word. Hi, Hi folks. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Oh, that was brilliant. And remember, if you would like a shout out on our podcast, then all you have to do is let us know. You can use the Dragonfly Tales Facebook group or you can email us emilydragonflytales at gmail.com and I'll put all of those details in our episode notes. Tell us your age and your town, please. Oh, yes. Age and town. So, Emily, what's your story today? Well, Leo, for my story, we are heading back to the lands of the ice and snow. Ah! Valhalla, I am coming! Valhalla, I am coming! Yes, we have another tale of the Viking gods. Do you remember them? Yeah, they're quite a rowdy bunch. They are. Shouting and fighting and smashing things with hammers. Yeah, like giants. And I thought it might be time to venture into Asgard again and meet a new god. How do you think we should start today's story? I think we should start. The halls of Asgard were ringing with song and laughter. Excellent. The halls of Asgard were ringing with song and laughter. The gods had assembled for a great feast and all of them were drinking and toasting and shouting and occasionally fighting. Let's, uh, shall we create that atmosphere, Leo? OK. All right, let's see if we can create the Viking halls of Asgard. Hooray! Would you like what a pie? Like I like pie. Oh, do you want a fight? Mm. Yeah! Oh, this pig is tasty. To, to ah, honour, to valour, I'll, I'll see you in Valhalla. To honour, to valour, I'll see you in Valhalla. And then suddenly... A shaft of sunlight entered the hall and all the carousing and singing and fighting stopped. Even the dogs under the great feasting table looked up from their juicy bones as a figure entered the feast. It was Baldor, the god of summer and light. What do you think Baldor looks like, Leo? Well, I think he had flowing blonde hair. Oh. Like the mane of a lion. Wow. Sparkling eyes. Ooh. A huge smile. Ah. And huge muscles. Muscle. 
And when he laughed, it was loud and happy and made everyone else laugh too. Oh, gosh, he sounds brilliant. Yes, have you heard the expression that someone can light up a room? Oh, yeah. Well, that is what Baldur did. The Viking gods loved him so much. Was he their favourite? Was he the goat? Was he a goat? No, the G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, he was definitely the goat. But Baldur was somehow different today. His smile, not so wide. His glow, not so... Glowy? Yeah. He walked past his companions and headed straight to his mother, Frigga, who was seated at the top table next to her husband, Odin. They were like the king and queen of the gods. That's it. They had loads of children, including Thor. Yes, and Frigga also adopted Loki as her son too. Of course. Baldur stood in front of his mother. The room was silent. So, said Frigga, you have dreamed it too. Baldur gave a small nod. Last night, mother, I had a dream that I would die. Come on, it's just a dream. Dreams don't come true. Well, not for you and me, but for a god, especially one with a gift of prophecy like Frigga, this was very worrying. Both mother and son had the same dream, that Baldur would die. So it's like predicting the future to them. Exactly. I mean, what would you do if you had a dream like that? Probably hide under the table with the dogs. But then I'm not an Aesir god. No, me, me neither. So Frigga turned to Odin. Please, father of all gods, help me prevent this. You wish to alter the future, said Odin. But it's... it's Baldur. We love Baldur. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's awesome. Come on. I mean, look at him, Odin. He's all sparkly and stuff. The rest of the crowd started to join in too. Yeah, we, we, we love, love Baldur. Baldur's brilliant. He's great. We love Baldur. We love Baldur. Silence. Very well, Frigga. I give you permission to try to protect Baldur, but changing the future is not easy. There could be consequences. We love Baldur. Yes, yes, all right. So Frigga left the halls of Asgard and headed to the Bifrost Bridge. The rainbow bridge that connects Asgard to Midgard. That's right. What we call Earth. Yes, she crossed over the burning rainbow bridge and when her feet touched the Earth, she began her quest. How is she going to save Baldur? Well, like every mother, she wants to keep her beloved child safe from harm. I mean, when you were little, Leo, we strapped you into high chairs and buggies and car seats. We put gates across the stairs so that you wouldn't tumble down. We'd hold your hand crossing roads. Stop me eating crayons. Yeah, but Baldur wasn't a child. Uh, Frigga couldn't strap him to her chest and carry him around. Put him in a playpen. No, you can't do that with a god. So instead, she walked the earth and made everything on it promise... Not to hurt Baldur. Whoa, that's crazy. You mean she asked fire not to burn him? Uh-huh. And water not to drown him? That's right. And disease not to kill him and metal not to pierce him. She asked all the birds in the air, the fish in the sea and the animals on the land to leave him be. All the humans? Yep. 
And then she asked all that grows from the ground to promise not to harm the sun god. So all the roots and trees and plants? Exactly. Even the air, the wind. She made them all promise not to harm Baldur. And because all these elements and things of the earth really loved Baldur... I mean, he is brilliant. They all promised Frigga not to hurt him. <sighs> Frigga sighed with relief and returned to Asgard. Baldur is safe. I have done it. There was a huge cheer. Can you cheer with me? Hooray! How did you do it? Well, I, uh, I made everything on earth promise not to hurt him. At that moment, Loki, trickster, god of mischief, suddenly became very interested. Oh, this guy. Oh, this guy. He approached Frigga. Everything? Everything on Earth? Really? How remarkable, Frigga. Do tell. And Frigga gladly started listing all the things she made promise not to hurt Baldur. The air and the wind and fire and, and, and the sea and birds and plants. And Loki smiled as he listened. Smiled like a sly fox? Oh, yes. Oh, she missed something, didn't she? She did, and Loki knew exactly what it was that didn't promise. And he saw an opportunity. You see, he was jealous of his brother Baldor. Everybody loved Baldor. He's so brilliant. Frigga loves Baldor more than me. It made him spiteful and cunning. I have an idea, said Loki. How about we celebrate my dear brother's immortality with a game? If nothing can now hurt Baldur, then surely we can throw anything at him and he'll be unharmed. The Viking god started to murmur. Ooh, anything. Oh, we could throw anything at him. Anything. Oh, yeah. Then they started to chant. Let's chuck stuff at Baldor! Let's chuck stuff at Baldor! Let's chuck stuff at Baldor! And they all lined up with different objects and one by one chucked them at Baldor. What sort of things, Leo, do you think they threw at him? Tankards! Oh, yeah! Helmets! Spoons! Ouch! Shields? Oh, yes, but everything just bounced off Baldor and he laughed and he laughed his merry laugh. We, we need to get bigger. Axes. Yes, axes. Tables. Oh. Sheep. Yes, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Yes. Okay. We need a point system here. What do you mean? Well, let's say if we throw something at his stomach, it, you get 10 points. Okay, 10 points for the stomach. You hit his head, you get 20 points. 20 points if you hit Baldor's head. Excellent. If, if you hit him on his nose, you get 50. 50 points if you hit Baldur on the nose. Let's go! And they threw boats at him and boulders and barns. They threw a cow, spears. It all bounced off. Frigga and Odin even joined in and they laughed with joy when Odin threw Sleipnir at Baldur. His eight-legged horse? Yes, and Frigga threw her chariot. Oh, gosh. Nobody noticed that Loki wasn't there. Oh, he's so devious. What could it be? 
he slipped out of the hall to find the one thing Frigga forgot. He crossed the Bifrost Bridge and landed in Midgard and headed straight to a forest. Hang on, Frigga didn't forget that. She made all the roots and plants and trees promise everything that grows up from the ground. Yes, she did. Loki found an ancient oak tree and looked up into its twisted branches and there, twining itself around those branches was a pretty green plant with white berries, so innocent looking. I don't understand. What is this plant? Mistletoe. Oh, mistletoe? You mean the stuff you hang up in your house at Christmas? Yeah. And kiss people under? Yep. Kissy, kissy, kissing. But surely that's a plant. Frigga made all the things that grow out of the ground promise. Mistletoe grows out of the ground. No, it doesn't. What? Mistletoe is as old and ancient as the oak. It's a very mysterious plant. It's a parasite and it grows on the branches of trees, not from the ground. Oh! Now, either Frigga forgot this, or perhaps thought mistletoe too harmless and innocent a thing to hurt Baldur. Loki reached up his slender fingers and pulled a sprig of mistletoe from the tree. Using a sharp knife, he cut it, sharpened it, fashioned it, into a dart. A dart? A dart with a very sharp tip. And then he went back to the feast, which was in full swing. Come on, everyone, let's have some atmosphere. Let's, let's check, check stuff at Baldur. Let's check stuff at Baldur. Let's check stuff at Baldur. Let's check stuff at Baldur. Everyone was throwing stuff at Baldur, and Baldur was beaming as it all bounced off. I'm invincible. Come on, throw stuff at me. Only one person was not chanting, throwing or laughing their heads off. Over in a corner sat Baldur's brother, Hodor. He was the opposite of the gleaming god. He was dark and shadowy. He was also blind. Oh, I think I know Loki's plan. Hodor sensed a presence at his ear and it was Loki. The trickster god spoke smoothly. Quietly. Hodor, why are you not chucking stuff at your brother? Well, I can't see him, can I? No fun for me. Oh, is that all? I'm sure I can assist. Here, take my arm and stand up. There's a good chap. Oh, no, I don't like the sound of this one bit. Loki helped Hodor to stand. Then he placed the dart in Hodor's hand. He raised Hodor's arm and aimed it at Baldor. Then Loki slipped into the shadows and whispered to Hodor, Now, throw it. Oh no. The mistletoe dart whistled through the air and pierced the chest of the sun god and went straight into his heart, which stopped. <gasps> Baldor fell to the ground. The cheering stopped just as Hodor began. Let's chuck stuff at Baldor! Let's chuck stuff at... But 
Why is no one else singing? Baldor was dead. Frigga screamed. But he was dead, and the world was suddenly cold. Everyone in the hall began to weep. Odin thundered. Who has done this? And all eyes turned on Hodor. Wait, it's not his fault. It's not my fault. By this time, Frigga was by Baldor's side. <gasps> mistletoe. This dart is made of mistletoe. Oh, no. The fault is mine. I did not make it promise. Oh, my poor Baldor. But it's not her fault either. Isn't it? Come on. We all know who is responsible for this, don't we? Loki! Yes, but does Hodor know? Wait a minute. I, I know who gave me the dart. Oh, I'd recognise that sly voice anywhere. It were Loki! And now the tears and the weeping and the grief turn to Viking rage. Can you all roar with me? Come on! <laughs> but Loki wasn't there. He was no fool. So he got away. No, they caught him eventually. Good. Well, not really. For all of this put into motion something that would bring about the end of all the Viking gods. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. But that, I'm afraid, is for another time. No! For now, No! Okay, fine. The, the end. end. So, Leo, did you like that story? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. What was your favourite bit? Well, I liked how they chucked everything at Baldor and he still stayed alive. I know. They even chucked Jeff. <laughs> Who is this Jeff you keep going on about? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> OK, maybe he'll turn up in another story. It might be quite fun, actually, if our listeners want to uh, put some pictures of what they would have chucked at Baldor in the Facebook group. Yeah. Like, I don't know, lawnmowers or um, bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you could draw what you think Jeff looks like. Yeah, maybe Jeff's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode thanks to Evie for her brilliant story and we'll have another guest teller coming soon and if you are enjoying our podcast we would really appreciate you leaving us a little review just to say how much you love us five stars please five stars please oh and also keep spreading the word to your friends and your family about Dragonfly Tales and if you want you can make a little donation on the website to keep us going and, and thank, thank you, you so much. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Emily and Leo. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then, the world and its nature are awesome indeed. From the highest of mountains to the tiniest sea. Bye. podcast is brought to you by Emily, Leo and Andy at Dragonfly Tales. Join our Dragonfly Tales podcast group on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Dragonfly Tales Pod and follow us on Twitter at Emily Dragonfly. Je voudrais...